TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Breaking news from WCBS. A train has crashed at the Hoboken train station and NJ Transit train. There is major structural damage. No word on injuries. This developing story as we speak. Uh, we've been seeing some of the pictures that have just been popping up on Twitter from the Hoboken train station. You can see debris. You can see an NJ Transit train clearly with some damage. So we'll be keeping on top of this. We've story. seen actually a car actually inside. That looks like the uh, the main waiting it area. It does. Adjacent to it anyway. You can see one of the big black beams ceiling beams that is at a 45 degree angle breaking news on wcbs we want to go to jonathan clark who's just come in with some new information on this train crash in hoboken jonathan what are we hearing and what do we know so far well i just heard from uh, one of our engineers who happened to who, who takes that train he was not on it today but he knew someone that was on it the person that he spoke with said that the train the njt train Actually went through the train, I guess he, he worded it as almost like the bumpers that are at the end of the track. It went through that, through the concourse and hit the wall on the other side. Wow. He, this is coming from a person who's on that train. They didn't have much more information than that. It's, it's a very chaotic and hectic scene. We've, NJT said they're still just gathering information right now. I spoke to one of my contacts there. If you're familiar with that station, there are some sections there where there's a domed glass roof that lines... Uh, the terminal, and you can see it is down. Uh, it's cockeyed. It's it's at an angle where the train knocked right into the support beam. All right, we got somebody on the line right now who was on that train. That's Ken. Uh, Ken, thanks for coming on. What do you know? Hi. So I was on the train, uh, sitting all the way on the far side, uh, the back of the train, when I felt a large jolt. Uh, all the power cut out in the train, and everyone in our car was basically wondering whether we should get out or not. Uh, we got out and started walking towards the front of the train, and we saw that the front car was completely off the tracks. It ran right past the end. Uh, the whole ceiling in that area collapsed. All right, Ken, thank you. One of the riders on board the train this morning. And Claire Doyle, are you on the line this morning? Claire, is that you? Hi, yes, I am. How you doing? Good. Tell us about You were on board the train? I was not on board the train. You I was not. one of the first. I think I was the first train that got in after the train had gone crashed i guess are they calling it a crash absolutely Um, did they was your train able to pull into the station so the train pulled into the station we got off and everybody started walking like normal to you know to go to the path station and you sort of look up and you're like oh and it took a moment to register you're like that's a train there's wires everywhere i'm standing next to a down wire there's liquid falling and it was just it was very strange and then all of a sudden you're like oh my it registered and you're like there's a train crash it went through, and then you see, you know, people are trying to climb in the train, I guess, to help people. Um, and, you know, they kept letting trains off, so it kept getting more and more crowded. Uh, it was just a very, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty shaken up right now. I no, it must have been a surreal thing where you're getting off the train and, you know, contemplating your usual routine, and then you look and you see this thing playing out in front of you. And it, it looks like it is, I mean, can you describe the damage to the terminal? It looks like there's just a, you know, maybe beams and things are down, maybe part of the station well, came down. It's not only beams. So if you know the Hoboken Terminal, you look up and it's almost like skylighted, right? So it's um, a little bit skylighted. And when you look, so you go to the train and you're sort of registering that. And then you look up and you're like, oh, wait, that's about to fall right on me. And there's wires and it's just major, major structural damage. I sent pictures. I think you guys got them. It is just, it it seemed very unsafe. Um, And then you started hearing the ambulances come. And the police cars come, and the fire trucks. Come. Lou, are you there? Lou Adams? Yes, I'm here. Any more information on uh, NJ Transit and Hoboken and PATH? Well, we can tell you that uh, service, all train service, that's New Jersey Transit and PATH service, suspended into and out of Hoboken. And as far as cross-honoring tickets are concerned, New Jersey Transit buses will cross-honor your New Jersey Transit tickets. WCBS News Director Tim Sheldon. This is the line you take in most days to work, Tim. What do you? Where are yeah, you now, and, and what can you tell yeah, us? Yeah, no, I'm at home this morning. Okay. I had a late meeting that, uh, that I was going to... Uh, <clears throat> attend here out in Burden County, but that's a train that I'm very familiar with. The The actual uh, train time is not one that I'm on. I'm on us- one usually earlier, but uh, know the routine very well. One thing I would point out is that as the train comes into Hoboken, you've got a lot of people that are standing from 
getting on into caucus, but you've also got a lot of people that are in a hurry to get into the terminal and onto path or to the ferry or to, to Hoboken. And so there's a lot of people in the aisles. There's always people standing, many people standing in the aisles as, a, as the train is arriving into Hoboken, uh, waiting to be the first one to get off. On that train, Melanie, on the news line right now. Melanie, thank you for joining us. Hi, hello. So what happened? Um, I was on the third car, and um, so pretty much what we all saw happen was we were just ricocheting off each other, but the train was overpacked this morning. People were standing in all of the aisles, so, you know, I think that people were thrown on top of each other, and uh, the first car hit the rail, went up and over, and then went into the waiting area and, like, crashed through, um, like, one of the newsstands, and it took down the ceiling. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, people on the platform, like, might have gotten hit. Like, I'm not really sure, but the whole ceiling came down. It was in, like, the actual waiting area that you, you know, go into to, like, buy tickets and stuff. Okay, Marla is not at the station yet, but Marla, what what can you tell us about the response that's going on? Well, it's a massive response. We've seen fire trucks and emergency vehicles from all over Hudson County rushing to the scene. A pipe bomb exploded in Ocean Terrace, New Jersey this morning. There were about 5,000 people on hand getting ready to run a 5K race. Police at the same time now investigating another suspicious package in the Jersey Shore town, according to authorities. What we know is this. The pipe bomb went off in a garbage can on D Street. The Marine Semper Fi 5K was expected to start around 9. It was delayed. Ocean County Sheriff Mike Mastronardi joining us now on the line. Thank you for taking the time so quickly for us. Sheriff, can you break down what happened? for us this morning. Uh, 9.35 this morning, there was a run uh, scheduled to take place uh, when a explosive device went off in a municipal trash can at Dean Ocean uh, in Seaside Park. Uh, Chief Larkin, Seaside Park Police, uh, were here assisting his agency along with the EMS and fire standby. Evacuating D Street Ocean Block. As a precaution, and safely bomb squad is on scene. There are no injuries. All right. How close was this in proximity to the race course, Sheriff? It would have been right on the race course. Now, we understand that there was the possibility of another uh, suspicious device that was being checked out. What can you tell us about that? That secondary backpack turned out to be a young man, so that's okay. Back with us on the news line, Mike Mastronardi, the uh, Ocean County Sheriff. Uh, Sheriff, what can you tell us right now about where the investigation stands? Right now, we're still securing the area. We have the canine bomb dogs that are checking out the other receptacles to make sure they're safe. And uh, Chief Larkin here from Seaside Park coordinating. But we also have the ATF, state police, and FBI on scene. WCBS's Stephanie Colombini is live in Seaside Park. Very active investigation. Emergency vehicle, helicopters overhead as investigators are trying to figure out exactly what happened. This just in to the WCBS Newsroom. A police are investigating an explosion at 135 West 23rd Street. That's near 6th Avenue in Chelsea. Happened about 8.30 tonight. The explosion shook windows on the third floor of an adjacent building, we've been told, and reportedly blew out windows on the ground floor. FDNY is on the scene as well. Number one trains are bypassing the 23rd Street stop. Now we have a reporter on scene, Alex Silverman, with us live right now on the Newsline. Alex, what can you tell us? Uh, Joe, I'm standing at uh, 7th Avenue and 23rd Street looking east, and there is an incredible emergency response here. Fire truck after fire truck. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of of firefighters on the scene. The entire block is blocked off. Uh, People tell me they heard a loud boom. The buildings around here shook. Uh, They ran outside, and they immediately saw this tremendous emergency response. Uh, As of yet, we don't know. We have not confirmed whether the explosion took place inside a building or outside a building on the street. Uh, Of course, there are going to be a lot of people out going to and from dinner at that time on a Saturday night. Uh, But we can't report anything about injuries because at this point we simply do not know. We have more on that explosion in Chelsea right now at 135 West 23rd Street. We just heard from an NYPD spokesman. He has tweeted out that there have been several people injured. They've been taken to area hospitals. Don't know the extent of their injuries. Don't know how many were injured. I just talked to a man who was in his apartment around the corner uh, when this happened uh, just after 830. He says the building shook. He could tell immediately that it was an explosion. It shook him off his couch, so he went outside to see what happened. He saw people running down 23rd Street uh, towards the west. 
Uh, he said he saw we have seen images now that are circulating of a mangled dumpster. We believe uh, that that was the, the source of the explosion, something inside that dumpster in front of the building. Uh, I can tell you that I just spoke with a woman uh, who says uh, she was just off the phone with her friend who was inside that building, still inside the building at 135 uh, West 23rd. She said her friend is blind, as most of the tenants in that building are. And she's being told right now to stay in there. They were told not to come out, uh, which uh, would comport with the idea that this is something that happened outside the building. WCBS reporter Alex Silverman is live at the scene, and we're checking in with him. Alex. Uh, Latest number, Maria, I just got from police officials here at the scene. is 26 people injured. The official I spoke with did not believe any of the injuries was very serious. We we heard a huge explosion, and the whole restaurant shook, and I ran outside, and we couldn't really see anything. Um, Got to here, there was, like, smoke coming up from 23rd and and 6th here, but we couldn't really tell where it was coming from. Did you see anyone injured? I did not see anyone injured, thank God. And were the police here right away? Within seconds, there was sirens going up the block. Yeah. Seconds. At 6.04, it's been a tense overnight in Manhattan after an explosion in the Chelsea neighborhood injured nearly 30 people, forcing the lockdown of several streets. We want to get the very latest on the story. WCBS reporter Sophia Hall joining us live. Good morning, Sophia. And good morning, Bill. As you can imagine, there are police officers as far as the eye can see here on 23rd Street near the construction site where the explosive device was placed in a dumpster around 830 last night, leaving the Saturday night crowds running for cover as windows shattered. 29 people were injured, one seriously with a puncture wound. Alex, you were there in the aftermath. What did you see from people in the area? Was was it chaos in the streets? Yeah, I spoke to a man, uh, and he was incredible. He said he felt the explosion. He was standing with a family member. He turned around, and all of a sudden, he saw people running toward him. Uh, and there were people with serious injuries. One woman uh, had an injury to her eye, and there was blood coming from her head. Another woman had a shrapnel. Um, stuck in her arm. Uh, he described it as a screw of about a half an inch to an inch long sticking out of her. Uh, and he said that he basically triaged these people uh, because one woman was collapsing from what he thought was shock. And he said all through this, he was thinking that maybe there's another bomb and the police were telling him to get away. This just in to the WCBS newsroom. A crane has collapsed in lower Manhattan. We have confirmation now from the police. Uh, we do not know if anyone has been injured. We are not getting a response back from the FDNY so far. That's a busy signal. This is in lower Manhattan. Do we have an address on this? Uh, do we have a street where this is located yet? We're this trying to narrow that down right now. We're continuing our coverage here with that crane collapse reported on Worth Street, on Worth Street in lower Manhattan in the vicinity of West Broadway that happened. It's 838. That's going to complicate the traffic for sure. Let's go to Tom Kaminsky. Yeah, we are uh, just hearing that as well. Word Street uh, right in that area of uh, West Broadway and uh, Church Street, so we'll keep an eye on that, Uh, but certainly if you're going to be coming uh, to or from the Holland Tunnel, that may certainly be affecting you. Breaking news on WCBS 80. A crane has collapsed in lower Manhattan on Worth Street, 40 Worth. That is between West Broadway and Church. This is in the Tribeca neighborhood. This just coming in here in what is described as a major response to this crane collapse on Worth Street in lower Manhattan this morning in Manhattan's Tribeca neighborhood. Oh, wow. You see this picture, Paul? Yeah. Just came across Twitter. And you can see the boom of the crane down appears to be uh, down in the middle of the street. We have video now, too, that we're seeing that uh, looks as though this has come down that's along a, the length of the street on, on some parked cars, it looks like. That's a massive crane. Yeah. I don't know how many stories tall that was, but yeah, you're right. It's the entire length of the street. And I have to tell you, I went outside a little while ago. There's a lot of wind around today in addition to the snow that's coming down. We don't know if the weather played some role in this. we got Rich Lamb and Tim Sheld on their way there. We'll get to updates from them momentarily. And our Tim Sheld is on the scene. And Tim, you're right in front of where this came down. Standing on West Broadway, Paul, and weighing uh, a half a block away from Worth Street, looking at the crane, which lays uh, east to west across a good portion of Worth Street at the moment. And now this area is uh, wrapped with emergency responders. Police officers I spoke to just a short time ago believe that there are fatalities here involving people who may have been in vehicles. And Tim Conned's concerned about the possibility of gas leaks. They are on the scene right now to check that out. You can understand how that would be a possible problem given the impact of this huge crane collapse. Let's go to WCBS reporter Rich Lamb, who's also in the vicinity. Rich? The police are just checking my idea at this point. I'm just describing this on the air right now, sir. Thank you. All right, so 
Our fire engine is now pulling into that block, uh, along with other uh, fire engines, which are already here. It's a massive response to see firefighters in their turnout coats uh, standing around looking at that crane boom, obviously, uh, you know, deciding uh, uh, what actions that they have to take immediately. Let's go back to the scene right now, and WCBS's Tim Sheldon, Rich Lamb. Tim, you had a conversation with somebody who lives locally. Exactly, Rich, and uh, this is a woman who lives maybe a half a block north of this, where this occurred. Um, she and her husband having breakfast in their apartment and heard the boom of this crane dropping to the street. She came up. She was talking to us, didn't want to go on tape. She was looking at that crane, she said, with her husband yesterday, uh, that she and her husband were having a conversation about uh, the size of it, that that crane stood taller than that building. Everything is shut down down here. Just avoid this area. Uh, you know, the, the officers wouldn't let press vehicles down here either. <laughs> there was a cop yelling at a fresh direct delivery truck who is still trying to bring groceries in here. This is in the forget about it category right now. What is confirmed is that there are two people who are hurt. How badly, we don't know. Are they fatalities? We do not know, but they're being treated at the scene. WCBS 880 confirming one person dead, two people seriously injured in the crane collapse on Worth Street in Manhattan this morning. Greg Allen, the wind has picked up. Uh, you know, a crane should never blow over, of course. Exactly. Not, not in wind of 30 miles an hour, so that's for sure. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I mean, we could talk about the wind. It is north, and it's averaging at about 15 to 20 miles per hour, and it is gusting over 30 miles per hour. But how many times do we see that all the time with, as you mentioned before, all the cranes all across New York City? I know there's the heavy, wet snow, perhaps adding to some weight. but Of course, uh, this is a tragedy here. We understand that one person has been killed uh, and two injured. Uh, that an apparent official word uh, confirmed by WCBS. But this could have been so much worse. I drive down West Broadway every morning on my way to City Hall. I take this exact route. I can tell you that uh, it was only a few minutes one way or the other. Uh, this place is, is absolutely crammed with traffic in the morning. It's remarkable to me that there aren't even more vehicles underneath this crane boom. So let's see what we can find out about this crane. We have a report here from the New York City Buildings Department about a complaint against this crane, which was filed just this past Sunday. Uh, someone reported that the crane was starting work a week before it was allowed to from its permit. And this is uh, complaint number 1415571. Mm. The uh, building's inspector came by and said no violation was warranted for this particular complaint. Well, we have been hearing from people in the neighborhood. Tim Sheldon spoke with people expressing concern about the size of the crane, about it being moved into uh, a neighborhood where there has been a lot of construction going on. This just in to the WCBS Newsroom. All MTA bus service will be suspended as of noon today, just over 90 minutes. No more bus service in the city of New York. And we are seeing power outages throughout our area. The worst being reported by JCPNL. 49,000 customers without power right now in Monmouth and Ocean counties. Over on Long Island, PSEG reporting just over 3,300 outages. Reporter Sophia Hall is out in Long Island in Huntington braving this so storm. What are the conditions like right now, Sophia? You know, Linda, I think I've been speaking to you since, what, 5 o'clock this morning? 5 a.m. Yes, exactly. And honestly, it hasn't gotten any better. I have been waiting for the snow to, like, slow down, the whiteout conditions to stop, and it hasn't. And it's bitterly cold out here. The band that produced anywhere from 6 to 12 inches of snow already across parts of Long Island and New York City, that has now pivoted inland. Take it counterclockwise, and you are right through central sections of New Jersey. Snowing to beat the band with visibilities near zero. Now the latest from WCBS. Let's get right back to it, because on the news line right now, we have the county executive in Suffolk County, Steve Ballone. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, what's the biggest challenge for you right now, Mr. County Executive? Well, the biggest challenge is uh, clearing these roadways. Uh, we're looking uh, along the South Shore at, uh, you know, 18 to 24. Now I'm going to take a break just for a second on the snowfall. I do want to talk about that flooding because uh, you mentioned it for central and southern New Jersey, down the shore, and right on down towards Delaware. Some historic water levels were recorded earlier this morning. Here's my concern for Nassau County and the town of Hempstead along the South Shore, as a matter of fact, but all of the area's waterways. The strongest winds will be this afternoon from approximately 1 or 2 o'clock on. Let's go to the governor's office on 3rd Avenue. Governor Cuomo is giving an update right now. You should not be on the roads. Uh, I have been on the roads all through the metropolitan area this morning. 
they are incredibly dangerous. As you've just heard from CBS News, Democrat Bernie Sanders and Republican Donald Trump have won the New Hampshire primary. We are now waiting to see where Governor Christie will finish. WCBS reporter Peter Haskell joins us live from Governor Christie's campaign headquarters in Nashua. Peter, how's the governor doing so far? Well, the numbers are not favorable for Christie at this point. He's in sixth place, a long way to go, but it is not a good sign. With that said, it is rather subdued here. Good morning and welcome to the Adorama Live Theater here at CBS Radio New York Studios in Hudson Square. We're excited to bring you a special presentation of Make It Count, Millennials and the New York Primary, the Democratic Race. I'm Marla Diamond, a reporter and anchor at WCBS News Radio 880. Today we're joined by millennial supporters of both Sanders and Clinton. Let's talk a little bit about what issues are important to people, especially young people, and what would get everyone out to the polls. So our first guest is the senior political editor for CBS News, Steve Chigaris. Hello. Welcome him. Thanks. And the political and field director for Rock the Vote, this is Sarah Audello. And we have some of the audience members here who are some special guests too, but we'll tell you who they are just a little bit later. First, we're going to start our conversation with the big question. They say they're going out to vote. You saw all the hands. Why do young people generally not go out to the polls to vote? It's 9 o'clock. The polls have just closed in New York on this primary day, and we can now tell you this. CBS News is projecting that Donald Trump has won the Republican race and is on his way to taking most of New York State's delegates. On the Democratic side, CBS News says Hillary Clinton is leading in her race against Bernie Sanders. A big story that we've been following throughout the later part of the afternoon into the evening has been problems voting, especially at polling places in Brooklyn. Here's the New York City Comptroller, Scott Stringer. Some people were told that they didn't have to vote for delegate today. These allegations are very serious. And unfortunately, in New York City, this is nothing new. In Brooklyn, some voting lists were missing entire buildings and blocks. So let's go live to Trump Tower now, where the celebration is on. And WCBS's John Metaxas uh, is with the Trump campaign. We can hear him getting louder, John. Uh, sure is getting louder. A big cheer erupted here just a few moments ago when the announcement came in that uh, Trump was projected to have won the primary here. Trump uh, holding serve in his home court here as uh, we hear uh, some uh, chanting beginning for the candidate. Uh, they're uh, anticipating his arrival here. Uh, there's a lot of activity. Now to Times front. Square, the Clinton campaign is at the Sheridan, a little more traditional type of venue for and election night uh, activity. WCBS reporter Rich Lamb is there. Rich? It has been loud and raucous here. Uh, the Democrats here at a Midtown Manhattan hotel are jubilant. They smell victory in the air here in Hillary Clinton's adopted home state. After all the anticipation, all the hullabaloo, it's finally here. The Republican National Convention is starting in Cleveland. WCBS reporter Alex Silverman is there uh, and joins us live. Alex, with a look at what we can expect today, right? Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, according to the program, which was just released officially yesterday, the theme tonight is Make America Safe Again. And it is my honor to be able to throw Donald Trump over the top in the delegate count tonight with 89 delegates and another six for John Kasich. Congratulations, Dad. We love you. That's Don Trump Jr. smiling down front and center with the New York delegation. There's a crush of media cameras flashing in front of the New York delegation as Donald Trump has now been officially nominated by the Republicans. And here come the balloons. The netting is stripped away and the red, white, and blue balloons come pouring down. Raining on this crowd of thousands. Reporter Marla Diamond. And, Michael, it's been a raucous start to this convention with Bernie Sanders supporters at times trying to shout out cheers of Hillary. Hillary, the Democratic National Committee, as you said, offered an apology to Bernie Sanders and his supporters today for what it called inexcusable remarks. Hillary Clinton is standing on stage with her husband, former President Bill Clinton. And there are fireworks falling from the stage. The crowd is going wild. They're holding up signs that say Hillary and Stronger Together. And they are spelling out the word Stronger Together. And here comes the balloons. 
campaign 2016. The first presidential debate. Now special coverage from WCBS. It's a 90-minute heavyweight political clash that could determine who's the next president. WCBS reporter Marla Diamond is at Hofstra, where the first debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump takes place tonight. Some universities are known for their football programs. Hofstra could be dubbed Debate U, the only university in America to have hosted three presidential debates in a row. Senior Dalen Orlick doesn't quite know what to expect tonight when Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump meet face-to-face for the first time. You don't know which Trump is going to come up on stage? Now, special coverage from WCBS. We are three and a half hours away from the debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton at Hofstra University, where we find WCBS's Steve Scott live with a preview. All right, thank you, Michael. And uh, we are joined by Long Island Republican Congressman Peter King. Uh, Congressman, thanks for stopping by. Great to be here, Steve. Thank you. You are a Donald Trump supporter. Are you still firm in that support of Donald Trump? Yeah, I'm actually more firm than I was before because I had originally supported Jeb Bush and uh, Marco Rubio. But as the campaign goes on, I'm more and more committed to Donald Trump. I'm actually an official surrogate for him tonight. With my WCBS colleague Peter Haskell, we are joined by CBS News correspondent Nancy Cordes, who's been covering Hillary Clinton for uh, months upon months. How is uh, Hillary Clinton as she heads into this debate tonight? What does she need to accomplish tonight so at the end of the night she could say, we had a good debate? I think she needs to uh, show that she is more prepared than Donald Trump. Uh, And beyond that, I think she needs to show that he is unprepared. Both of the presidential campaigns have their election night headquarters right here in New York City, as we've been telling you. Let's go over to the west side to the Javits Center and get the update uh, live from Rich Lamb. He is uh, watching the preparations for what Hillary Clinton supporters hope will be a massive celebration. Well, Alex, the atmosphere here at the Javits Center is still cautiously optimistic, but the extreme closeness of exit polls in Florida and Pennsylvania is giving the optimism a bit of a hiccup. Donald Trump is elected president of the United States as voters eager to shake up the nation's political establishment, pick the businessman to lead the country, an unexpected Republican nominee, Trump rode a wave of support from voters seeking change and willing to accept a candidate loose with facts and accused of sexual misconduct. In a victory that rattled the financial markets worldwide, at bottom we saw Dow futures down 800 points. The uh, Japanese uh, stock exchanges closed down about 5%, we are told. Donald Trump, according to the Associated Press, will be the next president of the United States, upsetting Hillary Clinton, who would have been the first woman to serve as president. Donald Trump in his signature red tie, dark suit, wife Melania behind him, waving to the crowd. His children following uh, behind. Donald Trump is applauding right now as this... uh, anthem-like theme plays at the Hilton Midtown on 6th Avenue. The curtain behind him lit red and blue as he ascends toward the podium. Many American flags lined up behind him. Yeah, the Hilton Ballroom is, is something. There's a, a kind of a mezzanine level and a very dramatic staircase uh, that you walk down to reach the main stage. President-elect Trump The future First Lady and the President-elect's family have now reached the main stage. Getting a good look at the face of the President-elect. What is going through that mind right now? We heard the names of the victims read aloud in Orlando last night and in many other locations. They gathered to remember those who were killed. WCBS reporter Alex Silverman, our man in Orlando this morning, joining us live. Alex. It was a crowd of thousands drawn silent, Paul, as those names of the dead reverberated through the streets. Paul Terrell Henry. Antonio David Brown. There were so many tears, but just as many blank stares because the shock has not worn off. Since everything was going through my mind, me and my wife were going to go that night, and we just ended up not going for some odd reason, so... You've got to be thankful that yeah. something made you not go. Yeah, yeah, something. Andrea Parra later told me that a couple of her friends, people who she would have been out with had she gone to the club, didn't make it out. Fatima WCBS News Time 505, another arrest of a costume character in Times Square has officials pushing for new rules on where those characters can work. Here's WCBS reporter Marla Diamond. The situation has gotten out of hand, says City Councilman Dan Gorodnik, who represents parts of Times Square. Come to New York. Duke it out with a superhero. 
Is that what we really want to be known for? His bill, which will get a public hearing Wednesday, allows the Department of Transportation to carve out zones in pedestrian plazas, one for the characters, another for those who don't want to be solicited. Robert John Burke, a.k.a. the Naked Cowboy, supports the bill and even sang about it. Well, I'm the Naked Cowboy, this is my occupation. That's why I pledge my full support for little regulation. In Times Square, Marla Diamond. A local dog with a special gift is helping kids learn how to read. Sean Adams tells us about it in the story from Main Street today. Students typically don't like the teacher's pet. (laughs) This one is an exception. This is Liberty. She was one of Milkbone's ten dogs that have changed the world. Liberty is Tom Mealy's golden lab. She just loves to be uh, hugged, kissed. Uh, she's extremely friendly. Mealy's wife teaches at the Academy of Our Lady in Glenrock. When Liberty visits, the fifth graders can't stop hugging and petting. She's so fluffy and lovable. She's fun and she's very playful. The Mealy's have a foundation, Mickey's Kids. It raises money for canine assistance in Georgia, which trains service dogs. Liberty is a therapy pooch. She visits hospitals and hospices, and she helps children read. She's carrying a bunch of books. Three more were piled on her head. Rosamond looks very strange. Rosamond looks strange all the time. And they think it's because the dog just shows this unconditional love. It doesn't judge. It's just easier for the child to do it. Once he witnessed a teacher cry. And she said, uh, that little boy who just read that whole page to Liberty never read aloud before. 11 year old A disturbed naked man caused quite a commotion in Times Square this morning. WCBS reporter Rich Lamb was there. Well, it started about 7.35 and ended just after 9 o'clock. The stark naked man climbed up the big red stairway and hopped over the plexiglass wall at the top of it onto a plastic awning or overhang above the TKTS ticket windows. He waved and blew kisses to the crowd He did a chicken dance and rambled through a series of bizarre comments, declaring his virginity, asking where is Donald Trump? (laughs) Speaking of angelic voices, Joe, you're sponsored by the Jewish Communal Fund this morning. Good morning, guys. Dow futures are up five points. The Dow rose two points. How's that for exciting? (laughs) Bloomberg says Wall Street wins again. Donald Trump is picking bankers and billionaires for his cabinet. Hedge fund manager Whitney Tilson says, I worried that he was going to do crazy things, so the fact that he's appointing people from within the system is a good thing. Some, especially Democrats, are criticizing Donald Trump for running as an outsider, now selecting insiders. At 512, CEO Radio is sponsored by First Republic Bank. CEO Radio, I'm Ray Hoffman. By his own admission, John Crowley, growing up, was only a C student in science. And yet, in his first job as a CEO leading a small biotech firm, Novozyme, he drove the science that produced the medicine that saved the lives of his daughter Megan and son Patrick. He did that in large part by doing things that a more seasoned CEO might never have done. Crowley told me there wasn't time enough to do otherwise. One of your innovations was the idea of having the scientists actually meeting the families and the patients. Yes. That was unheard of, right? We lived with two children with a rare disease. This was our life. And as I got to know the science teams we were building, I realized they were remarkable scientists. But this is not what they did or understood, which was the face and the life of somebody living with a disease. So Novozyme started bringing families and patients in to meet the scientists. They would inspire the families to see that people were actually caring about research, giving them that measure of hope. Anywhere you go in New York City these days, you hear the sound of something new being built. The amount of construction noise seems unprecedented, but is it? Well, just one of many timeless sounds of New York. To New Yorkers, the noise is a kind of comfort. The city that doesn't sleep shrieks and roars and groans. And it always has. One glance at an old video and you know it's dated, but hearing this, you might be able to imagine you're outside Penn Station in 1929. Or in Coney Island. I think it does more than just kind of provide a soundtrack, you know, to a silent version of the past. Princeton professor Emily Thompson takes us back through sound to the Roaring Twenties. That's what her website's called. I'm Stephen Greenberg talking about your next job. With all the political talk about a divided country, let's take a look at how different we are when it comes to jobs. 
The most common occupation in red state Alabama is truck driver and delivery services. The most common occupation in blue state California is truck driver and delivery services. In fact, in 29 red and blue states all over the country, the most common job is truck driver and delivery services. In 11 others, including New Jersey and Connecticut, it's either secretarial services or elementary school teacher. Of course, there are industries that are dominant in some states that are not even present in others. But it's nice to know that red or blue, many of us are doing the same kinds of things every day. And maybe we all have a lot more in common than our noisy election might suggest. 812 WCBS News Time. Here's the latest. Authorities in the last 45 minutes identified a suspect, an individual, in connection with all the bombings in our area this past weekend. All of them. His name is Ahmad Khan Rahami. He's 28, from Elizabeth. Investigators think he may be part of a terror cell and consider him to be extremely dangerous. There's a picture of him right now on our Twitter feed, at WCBS 880, also on our webpage, cbsnewyork.com. The belief is that flip phones may have been used as triggers. A possible link this to the explosion in Chelsea's and the one in Seaside Park on Saturday. Sources say that the devices were similar, but that they used different chemical compounds. Five other people are being questioned by the FBI. They were stopped on the Belt Parkway last night near the Verrazano Bridge. And listen to this. Overnight, a suspicious backpack was spotted near the train station in Elizabeth. It had five pipe bombs, and as the police were trying to detonate one of them, people were standing there. You could see him jump in horror as one of them went off but nobody was hurt. Yeah, the bomb squad robot was moving in and snipped apparently the wrong wire. As far as your ride is concerned, we're hearing uh, via Clever Commute and other platforms about our delays, perhaps more on the Northeast Corridor. Uh, here in the city, the subways are once again stopping at 23rd and 28th Street. Traffic is reopened in the area, but 23rd remains closed between 6th and 7th Avenue. Let's see if we can get some more help for you on all that. The Jeep Bridge and Tunnel Update. Well, we've had some uh, canceled trains there, too, on New Jersey Jersey Transit, particularly coming out of uh, New York Penn Station, headed out to New Jersey, so just be mindful of that. Path train still skipping 23rd Street. Inbound GWB, we've had delays of about 45 minutes uh, of, from 8095, a little bit better from the other approaches, and I'm just seeing a collision now on the northbound Major Deegan, right around West 230th Street. At least one lane is blocked there. Lincoln is at 45. Holland is at 30. I'm Tom Kaminsky in the WCBS Traffic Center. Let's go live to Chelsea this morning for the very latest on this unfolding investigation and fast-moving development. Live, here's WCBS reporter Marla Diamond. And Paul, the, N uh, the NYPD has put out a photo this morning of Ahmad Khan Rahami. He is a 28-year-old naturalized citizen from Afghanistan who Mayor de Blasio says could be armed and dangerous. The break in the case came last night as authorities reviewed surveillance video from the scene of the bombing here on 23rd Street and the scene on West 27th Street where the second undetonated bomb was found. There was a person seen in both sites with a rolling duffel bag and then two men taking out a white plastic bag containing the pressure cooker bombs. At this point, we don't know if they are among uh, one of the five, two of the five taken into custody in Brooklyn as police investigate this morning's pipe bomb discovery in Elizabeth. There is word that these five men are from that city and were picked up as they headed east on the Belt Parkway, possibly to the airport. The composition of the bombs in New York and those in New Jersey were different, but authorities say they all included a flip cell phone as a detonation device. And we are live on West 23rd Street, Marla Diamond, WCBS News Radio 880. It's 815 live on the news line now. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Governor, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. What do you have? What's the latest? Uh, well, the latest is the investigation has proceeding uh, is proceeding very quickly, uh, and they have now uh, targeted uh, a particular person of interest, Ahmed Rahmani, 28 years old, Afghan descent, uh, but a U.S. citizen. There were a certain number of commonalities among the bombs between New Jersey and New York. Uh, some same elements, some te same technology. Uh, and they put it together with video uh, surveillance as well as uh, fingerprints and DNA evidence that were from the undetonated bombs. The undetonated bombs often have more evidence than, than the others. Uh, so the investigation is going very well. I think the message for New Yorkers is, uh, look, uh, we know that we are a target for terrorists. Uh, we knew that in 1993 with the World Trade Center bombing. People forget that. My father was governor at the time. He was in that building. 9-11. Uh, and you open up the newspaper with increasing frequency. You have terrorist attacks all across the globe. And New York is a target. Uh, but we know that. 
We're ready for it. We have the best police and security protection uh, in the country, I believe, if not on the globe. Uh, And we can handle these situations. And they win when they disrupt us. You know, the goal of terrorism is to intimidate, is to disrupt, is to coerce. And we're not going to let them do that. I made sure that everything was up and running today. The subways are running. The roads are open. Uh, New York moves on. Uh, and that's how we win. Can you tell us? Can you tell us at all about, um, in terms of this individual, as to whether there are others uh, that are being sought, and whether we should be concerned about uh, this gentleman being part of a wider terror ring operating in the area? Um, There are, at this time, he is the individual of interest. Uh, The five men being questioned, um, no arrests have been made, and uh, Romani is the one individual of interest. In terms of should we be concerned going forward, uh, I'm governor of the state of New York. I constantly believe that uh, we are a target for attack, and uh, we should be ever vigilant and always on guard. And I think that's the way you need to operate in this world. And it's not just New York. Uh, You look at the cities across the country, small cities, medium-sized cities, San Bernardino, California, all across the globe. It's uh, a new reality. It's a new normal. And uh, always be vigilant, but always be confident. This is New York. We can handle it. We are resilient. We've dealt with much, much worse, and we'll deal with this. Governor, we know you're being briefed on uh, all aspects of this investigation, and the news in the past uh, half an hour or so was that uh, the suspect, Ahmad Khan Rahami, may have been uh, involved in all of the area incidents, uh, Seaside Park, New Jersey, what happened in Chelsea, and what happened overnight in Elizabeth with some bombs found in a garbage can at the train station. Do you have any information that pieces all of this together? That is one of the theories. Uh, When I was saying that there are common elements to the bombs, Uh, not just the flip phones, but uh, certain elements that were used in all of the bombs, certain circuitry that was used in all of the bombs, which would suggest that one person had a hand uh, in the entire operation. Can you tell us at all about, we had heard that certain technology was being used, that there was some video, that there was facial recognition technology. We understand you can't say too much, but can you give us a sense as to what led investigators to look at this individual? Uh, You're right. I was the former attorney general uh, of the state of New York, and you want to inform the public, but you don't want to give out information that could actually harm the investigation. But uh, undetonated bombs often have significant evidence, Uh, fingerprints on pieces of tape, uh, DNA evidence that uh, the bomb may, may be within the bomb. When the bomb detonates, a lot of that is destroyed. But here you had undetonated bombs that were very helpful in the investigation. Let me just say that. Governor, we'll let you go, but I just want to ask you one last question. Do you think that this particular threat from this particular ring, if that's what it is, is over? I think we will get this man and we will bring him to justice. And it's going to be his life that is disrupted, uh, not New Yorkers. But, and we have no reason to believe there are any other cells or any other activity. But uh, I'm the governor of New York. People, New Yorkers want the truth. We have to be constant, constantly vigilant because if it's not him, it's going to be someone else. It is the way of the new world. Governor Andrew Cuomo, thank you for your time this morning, Governor. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Andrew Cuomo, live on WCBS 880. Governor uh, Cuomo will be uh, followed, we understand, shortly by the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio. This portion of the news on WCBS is sponsored by your Metro New York Acura dealers. It's 821. WCBS Newstime 823. The Jeep Bridge and Tunnel Update. Inbound GWB with about a 45-minute delay at least from 8095, and it is close to that now from the other approaches on the lower level uh, under the apartments just past the uh, exit ramp for Amsterdam Avenue. We had a collision being worked on. One lane is blocked there. Inbound Lincoln at 45. The inbound Holland Tunnel with a 30-minute wait. Southbound New York State Thruway slow. Palisades to and across the Tappan Zee. I'm Tom Kaminsky in the WCBS Traffic Center. WCBS News Time 823. Joining us live on the news line now, the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Thanks for your time. 
No, you're very, very welcome. What can you tell us about this individual that is being sought in uh, connection with the Chelsea bombing? Uh, we have been hearing that this is an individual who should be considered armed and dangerous. That's right. I want all New Yorkers to know uh, that we need to find this individual. We need to get him in, but recognize we should consider him armed and dangerous. He should not be approached, but anyone who sees him should call 911 immediately or anyone who has knowledge of his whereabouts. Now, what we did uh, over the last uh, hour is we used our Office of Emergency Management Alert System. This is actually the first time we've used this in a full-scale way when we're seeking a suspect. So uh, literally, uh, this information has been sent uh, to cell phones and devices all over New York City and the metropolitan area simultaneously. Every single one of our police officers now has a smartphone. They all have the image of this individual. So we have a really extraordinary search going on right now. His name, again, is Ahmed Khan Rahami. He is a New Jersey resident, 28 years old, naturalized United States citizen. And we want to get him in for questioning right away. Uh, but again, uh, if anyone has any knowledge of him or sees him, call 911, but be very careful about any interaction with him. How is your level of confidence that this is the man responsible for all these events? It's too early to say, and this is, again, everything I'm telling you is based on the analysis of the NYPD and its leadership and the FBI. So everything I'm going to tell you is scrupulously following the conclusions of law enforcement. It is too early to say uh, if he is the one fully responsible, if there's more than one person, which role he played. We do know that law enforcement has a very strong interest in him. This connects, obviously, to the fact that the NYPD uh, encountered a vehicle that became of interest to them, uh, followed it, uh, eventually stopped it, and questioned the occupants. Uh, that and other sources have given us uh, a lot more information. We have a lot more information than we had 24 hours ago. Yeah, so we know enough to say this right. individual is our focal point and we need to get him in. Uh, you you had mentioned you know the concern about his possible role in this, but there is also some fear out there that there is some kind of a terror ring in operation in the New York area. I mean, any any sense as to how wide that may be, how large an organization, if there is an organization out there in operation? I think again, this is a case where. We need to respect law enforcement. We need to respect the NYPD and the FBI. They will come to those conclusions. Right now, it's it's absolutely premature to say there's a ring or a cell. That's not the right terminology to use at this moment based on what we know. That could change as we get more information. We do know there's one individual we're particularly interested in, uh, and we need to find out more about what happened and what he did and if he has any other connection to any organization or if he is a lone wolf. We don't know those details yet. We do know in general the FBI, NYPD, and their intelligence gathering capacity have had an extraordinary ability to find uh, people who had a negative intent and deal with them beforehand. But we've also known in the age of the lone wolf that we had to have a capacity to address incidents quickly and immediately. That's why we now have over 500 anti-terror officers. Uh, we did not have that in the past. We have a dedicated force, heavily armed, very highly trained. Uh, they're out in full force today. So one thing I also want to say to all New Yorkers, you're going to see a lot of police presence today. You're going to see it in the subways. You'll see the dogs, the bomb-sniffing dogs. You'll see uh, bag checks in the subways. You'll see a lot of presence around the U.N. General Assembly. NYPD is on high alert, and we have beefed up the NYPD presence. Uh, so I want people to know that is for their safety, and that is so we can contain this situation. You mentioned the U.N. General Assembly in town starting today. Do you have any thoughts or information about the timing of these attacks or perhaps the, the location? I mean, 23rd Street is kind of a strange place. It's uh, one of the things that so far has uh, confused or mystified uh, law enforcement is why these locations, uh, which don't seem to make sense if it was something directed at the uh, U.N. General Assembly. So this is one of the big and the unanswered questions. Thank God, uh, in the case of 23rd Street, uh, that there were no deaths and the injuries were limited. Everyone's out of the hospital. And thank God, in the case of 27th Street, uh, the device was found in time and our bomb squad dealt with it, did not detonate. Um, but why these locations and, and if it had anything at all to do with the UN General Assembly, these are the unanswered questions. I want people to recognize it well, well may not have been about the UN General Assembly. We just don't know that yet. 
New York's uh, new police commissioner, I believe, is taking the oath later today. He's actually, there's at least a ceremonial oath taking that's going on, and this was his first weekend on the job. It's amazing. Uh, Jimmy O'Neill took the uh, functional oath. I swore him in on Friday afternoon. Uh, Bill Bratton uh, went through the ceremonial uh, walk off and, you know, walk out and people saluted him. And Jimmy O'Neill was in charge as of uh, Friday afternoon. Less than 36 hours later, uh, he was dealing with this incident. He provided a lot of leadership, obviously a known quantity to the entire NYPD and to the FBI and our other partners. So he seamlessly stepped into the role. He'll ceremonially be, uh, ceremonially be sworn in today. But uh, he's been on the job since Friday afternoon as our new commissioner, and he handled this situation uh, with a lot of ability. Mayor Bill de Blasio, thank you as always for sharing what information you have. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. WCBS Newstime 829, 71 degrees this morning, 91% humidity with the thunderstorms and heavy rain around the times this morning. Many areas getting really nailed with the heavy rain this morning with some flooded roads, 75 to 80 for our high this afternoon. News, traffic, and weather for New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. We are WCBS News Radio 880. It's 8.30 on this Monday morning, the 19th of September. Good morning. I'm Wayne Kevitt. I'm Paul Murnane. Breaking news from WCBS. You heard it in the last half hour from Governor Cuomo and from Mayor de Blasio on the search for a 28-year-old man from New Jersey being sought in connection with all the bombings in our area. Now, he is a U.S. citizen. He's from Afghanistan, and he is said to be armed. Governor Cuomo told us that undetonated bombs are providing some very useful evidence in this investigation. The bombs in New York and in New Jersey had similar phones and circuitry. Giants beat New Orleans, the Mets sweep the Twins, and the Yankees are swept by the Red Sox. WCBS News Time 831. The NYPD is looking for a man who is 28 years old. They have a picture of him that they've put out. They want to talk to him in connection with all of the explosions over the weekend. His name? Ahmed Khan Rahami. He's a naturalized citizen from Afghanistan, but living here in the United States. A U.S. citizen. He's living in Elizabeth, last we heard, and is considered armed and dangerous. Five bombs were found last night near the train station in Elizabeth, New Jersey. A raid has been taking place this morning at a building not far from that location. Now, in Brooklyn, last night, five people were stopped. They were detained on the Belt Parkway as they came across the Verrazano Bridge. There is some thinking they may have been headed to JFK Airport. Subway services again resume. Traffic is flowing in Chelsea, with the exception being 23rd Street between 6th and 7th, and passes, path is bypassing the 23rd Street station for Let's now. go to Chelsea now on 23rd Street. WCBS reporter Marla Diamond, live on the scene. Marla? And despite the chaos that happened here this weekend, Wayne, the morning rush is in full effect. People are coming out of the subway station at 23rd Street. The PATH station remains closed. Police appear very close to a major break in this string of explosions, both here in Chelsea, in Elizabeth, and in Seaside Park, New Jersey. The NYPD and FBI putting out a photo of Ahmed Khan Rahami. He is a 28-year-old naturalized citizen from Afghanistan who is believed to live in Elizabeth. He could be armed and dangerous. Both Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo on WCBS say that authorities have gotten a lot of evidence off of those undetonated bombs and from video surveillance in the area. The break in the case came last night as authorities reviewed surveillance video from 23rd Street and 27th Street. There was a person seen in both sites uh, with a rolling duffel bag and then two men are seen taking out a white plastic bag containing the pressure cooker bombs. As police investigate uh, this morning's pipe bomb discovery in Elizabeth, there are there's word that five men that were taken into custody coming off the Verrazano Bridge uh, into Brooklyn were from Elizabeth. They are possibly all from the same family. And according to the New York Times, they may have been headed for JFK Airport. And we are live with the latest on the investigation from Chelsea. Marla Diamond, WCBS News Radio 880. And this morning began with our attention on Elizabeth, New Jersey, with the discovery of as many as five devices there. Let's go to the train station in Elizabeth for the very latest on this. WCBS reporter Sean Adams. Sean? 
And Paul, stay with us because you know we're trying to connect all the dots here. I mean, and this is uh, changing quickly. So the FBI at present is uh, raiding an apartment above a fried chicken restaurant here in the city of Elizabeth. It's about uh, that location is about a mile, I'd say, from the train station. Uh, and the mayor says he does believe that is indeed linked to the Chelsea explosion. And uh, we're hearing that could be the uh, the last known residence of uh, that person being sought. That. Uh, uh, that uh, uh, the 28-year-old from Afghanistan, Rahami. Uh, meanwhile, here at the train station, pipe bombs in a backpack. About a little after midnight, a bomb squad robot went in and actually s- snipped the wrong wire. So, boom, one out of five of them detonated. No one was injured. It all started last night. Two men found a backpack in a garbage can. They took it. They thought there might be something valuable inside. It was heavy. When they opened it, They immediately tossed it and got rid of it because they saw wires and a pipe. They went and they told the police. Here's Elizabeth Mayor Chris Bolwich. In all of the investigation with the robots, there were no cell phones, no electronic devices, and no timers, which leads us to speculation that it was probably tossed there because... Of an, of an ongoing investigation, and they were trying to get rid of it. So an interesting theory there that uh, perhaps these pipe bombs were not set to go off, uh, but uh, because of the uh, intervention with the bomb squad, one of them did. But you still have four unexploded devices. They are now evidence. They're going to be examined closely. Police are also checking surveillance footage uh, near the train station. Things are moving very quickly here. We can tell you train service has returned here in the northeast corridor, uh, but uh, because of the ongoing investigation, there are delays, and the streets around the train station, they're, they're simply clogged with traffic. Reporting live in Elizabeth, Sean Adams, WCBS News Radio 880. And speaking of the Monday morning commute, the Jeep Bridge and Tunnel Update. And it has been a rough one on the uh, on New Jersey Transit. Uh, again, delays canceled trains there on the Northeast Corridor, North Jersey coastline. We go to the inbound upper level of the GWB, very heavy right across the span, about a 45 to 60 minute delay from 8095. It's close to 45 minutes from the other approaches. And on the lower level, just past Amsterdam Avenue, a collision being worked on there. Lincoln at 45, Holland at 30. I'm Tom Kaminsky in the WCBS Traffic Center. Traffic and weather together at 838 on WCBS, sponsored by RTKEnvironmental.com. All right, Tom, we've got a lot of information out there. Go right ahead. Yeah, it's been a challenging morning in a lot of areas. We'll start first on the rails. Delays of about an hour that we've been seeing and uh, seeing a lot of tweets on this. Uh, on New Jersey Transit on the Northeast Corridor, the North Jersey Coastline, we've had canceled trains, particularly on the outbound side coming out of New York Penn Station. Uh, so, again, just budget a lot of extra time if you're going to be on the rails today. Budget the extra time uh, trying to get to the Hudson River crossings, too. It's close to an hour now at the inbound GWB. Collision on the lower levels just been cleared. Lincoln at 45 plus. Plus, the inbound Holland Tunnel with at least a 30-minute delay. Southbound throughway heavy from the Palisades to and across the Tappan Zee. We're still jammed on the Jackie Robinson Parkway. Tractor trailer is still being worked on there on the eastbound side around Cypress Avenue. Not supposed to be there, so we have lanes blocked at that spot. We've had delays in New Jersey on the Garden State Parkway northbound. We're loaded up from at least the Union Tolls right up through uh, just north of 148 in Bloomfield with a collision on the shoulder. 21 northbound still with lanes blocked just north of Route 3 with a collision in the process of being cleared there. And uh, Eastern Spur of the Turnpike, northbound of 15X and Sea Caucus, a collision at that spot has at least now been cleared away. We uh, look through uh, Suffolk and Nassau counties, seeing the volume on the LIE uh, loaded up in through the area of Deer Park Avenue, in through 110, then just a lot of stop-and-go volume right in through Jericho Turnpike and right in through Queens. Uh, the L- uh, the uh, northern state, lots of volume, Meadowbrook Parkway on in, and the southern state, we're seeing the same volume there as well from uh, the area of 110, right on in for Hempstead Avenue. I'm Tom Kaminsky with the Subaru All-Wheel Drive Ground Patrol. As we take a look at the forecast this morning with the thunderstorms and heavy rain around, 75 to 80, and that rain will be really coming down at various times right through the day. Yeah, it just keeps getting fed up from uh, the D.C. area, just right up 95, one batch after another. Should taper off tonight, Craig Allen says, showers ending, but thick fog will then develop. Overnight low about 70. And then we have a damp and foggy start, but then skies will brighten tomorrow with a high of 80 to 85. It's less humid and sunny on Wednesday. It has been a very busy news day. In fact, the stories have broken really over the past couple of hours. Now, very often we'll come in here, Paul, and you know we'll have some developments here and there. But everything really has changed since we got here, starting with in the past hour or so, a person was named as a suspect in the terror attacks, and that's what they are, in Chelsea, in Elizabeth, and also in Seaside Park, New Jersey. We heard from the mayor and the governor on the search for this individual, 28 years of age, and his name is 28 years old from New Jersey. Uh, they are looking for Ahmad Khan Rahami. He is a naturalized citizen from Afghanistan with uh, local roots in uh, New Jersey. 
We see a story in the Washington Post in the past few minutes. Court records appear to show that the Rahami family has ties to Afghanistan. It's unclear what his role, if any, might be. And the mayor and the governor told us just in the last few minutes here that um, the investigation is unfolding when you ask questions about a possible terror ring in operation. Should we be worried about that? They say that's all part of the investigation. Uh, The mayor uh, specifically saying they're very interested in talking with this individual, this 28-year-old man, about his possible role in things. We were asking the governor and the mayor if there's any known connection to the timing with the U.N. General Assembly here in town, and they said that it's not clear at this point. Here's Pamela Falk at the U.N. Almost 200 heads of state will join President Obama on Tuesday. Leaders from France, Turkey, Mexico, and Egypt. Wednesday, you'll hear from China, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Ukraine, and Colombia. And on Thursday, you have Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Palestinian Territory President Mahmoud Abbas, along with Syria and North Korea at the end of the week. Pamela Falk there, and the explosive devices used in Chelsea and Seaside Park have these commonalities. Both were triggered by flip phones. Governor Christie talked about the Seaside Park blast. He was on Fox News Sunday. It was done intentionally to try to terrorize the people of New Jersey. No one was injured in that Seaside Park explosion on Saturday, which forced the cancellation of the charity 5K race to benefit Marines and sailors. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.